BeastNet is brought to you by James Safety Services and in partnership with Beast OCR. Here we discuss all things OCR and fitness related, running, endurance, conditioning, rucking, and more. Welcome to BeastNet. Hey everyone, welcome to this episode of BeastNet. This is Kyle, aka Hammer, and tonight we are interviewing Sandra Hansis from Renegade Rage out in the Tri-Cities. Hi Sandra, how are you? Hi, Kyle. I'm doing good. How are you tonight? I am extremely tired. Um, my two-and-a-half-year-old is uh, very energetic, and I've been keeping her busy today. So. I absolutely understand that. I've got four kids myself, and uh, they've kept me busy to the years. All right. Well, uh, so to kick things off, um, how about, Sandra, if you would give us a little bit of background about yourself, what got you started into this, and you know what makes you tick? Okay. Well, uh, my name's Sandra Hansis. I'm the owner of Renegade Rage, obstacle course race out in Pasco, Washington. I've done, I don't know how many OCRs myself. Absolutely love them. Fell in love with the sport six years ago, I think now. And in the course of those six years, I've traveled all over the country doing OCRs. I've gone to World's Toughest Mudder three times done the Spartan Championships once, and just absolutely really like the challenge of the sport. As I said, I have four kids. My husband and I are farmers here in Pasco, and I actually have an associate's in welding, and I use that on the farm when uh, when we have equipment that breaks down and such like that. That is very awesome. Um, Thanks. Um, So what got me into kind of starting on Renegade was starting in OCRs. You know, after having four kids, I found myself 50 pounds overweight and not knowing how to lose it. Like, I knew I needed to exercise, so I would go out back of the farm, you know, on the back 40, and I would run, (laughs) and I'd do that for about two weeks. After about two weeks, I hated it, and I'd stop, and then, you know, (laughs) six months later, I'd get myself out there again, and I'd run, and I'd hate it, and I'd stop. And I just kind of went through that cycle for a while. And then one day, a girlfriend of mine said, hey, there's an obstacle course race. It was actually the Zombie Dash. And oh, she was awesome. like, there's this, this, yeah, obstacle course race on the other side of the mountains. Uh, let's go do it together. And I was like, all right, let's go do it. So I'd been wanting to do OCRs. But, you know, when OCRs really first started, they were very, very intimidating looking. They had, you know, they had oh, the, yeah. the army guys up on the obstacles. They were shouting at the participants, you know. Mm-hmm. So I was always like, God, I want to do that. But whew, that's, that's, that's a little intimidating <laughs> for me. So I just had a hard time going out and signing up. And so I went and did this zombie dash with my girlfriend. And wow, I just absolutely loved it. I loved the challenge of the obstacles. I loved finding that I could do some of them and surprised myself, and I found that I couldn't do some of them, and it made me mad, so I wanted to get better at them. (laughs) And when that was over, I went to a gym and signed up for a gym because I wanted to start doing these. And I signed up with a personal trainer who was also into doing OCRs. So it turned out to be a good connection. Uh, I lost the weight. I lost a whole bunch of weight and met another personal trainer. So there was three of us that just kind of had this dream we found that we all three wanted to put on an OCR. And so we started going to Tough Mudders together and Spartans together. And after 
about a year, we were like, we, we want to do this. And I, my husband and I are doers. Like if we have something we want to do, we kind of just jump in with both feet without really thinking too far through it. <laughs> so, <laughs> so we just, we, we were like, yeah, let's do it. And so the three of us got together and with the support of my husband and my family, we created Renegade Rage. And awesome. yeah, it, it really was. Our, our first year was, you know, a lot of work because you're building a lot of obstacles. But also our first year, we were out on another farm in the Tri-Cities. We weren't on my farm. So after that first year, the other farm said, hey, you know, that was fun, but we don't think we want to do it again. And so Renegade Rage didn't have a home. And it was very easy for my husband and I to say, well, let's do it on our farm. And so we spent that second year rebuilding all the obstacles on our farm and establishing it there. That's awesome. It's, it's, it's really cool that, you know, um, you know, you find somebody that has the desire uh, to, you know, go all in uh, with you on such projects, and especially when you have the, the means to do it as far as, like, land is concerned. Um, you know, and like you said, you know, some people definitely, you know, they might want to not do it again because um, I'm sure that definitely takes a toll on your land out there. Yeah. Um, yeah, it took a toll on their land, but also, you know, it was a very rugged country, and so they were putting a lot of effort into uh, machinery building roads and stuff, and, and where we are, uh, we are, we already had the roads established, and so it was, it oh, just okay. made a better fit to put Renegade on our farm, and, and uh, it was very lucrative for us to be able to just do it there. Oh, yeah, exactly. I mean, I can see how ease of access would definitely turn people away if it was, you know, oh, turn left on this paved road as opposed to driving down this, you know, gravel road that you have no idea where you're going, so. Yeah, oh, you know, a well-marked road is very valuable. <laughs> <laughs> yep, so that's how we got started. So tell me a little bit about, um, you know, like some of the obstacles that you guys have um, on your on your courses there anything like in particular that like you know that stands out like what's what's your favorite one I have a couple of favorites you know it's funny every year I go to an obstacle course race and I'll be like oh this is my favorite obstacle and I come up to the next one and I'd say oh this is my favorite <laughs> obstacle because <laughs> I just I loved all of them uh, on our course for Renegade Rage there's a couple that are stand out as the favorites there's one that we created we call them the over under barrels and they're big 55-gallon plastic barrels that we strung across a pond, and there's five or six rows of them. And when you're standing in the pond, the water is only up to about your waist, a little over your waist. But the okay. barrels are sitting on top of the water, floating, and so to see over the barrel, you can, you can barely peer over the top of the barrel. And the idea is, is that you have to go over the barrel and then under the next set of barrels and over the next set of barrels, you know, over, under, over, under. Oh, wow. And so, yeah, and, like, if you're running elite on your own, it's quite the challenge to get yourself up and over that over barrel because it's so high. People really enjoy that, but what people really love is when they're running it non-competitively and they're with their friends and family and they're helping each other over these barrels and they, they get you up over the barrel and there's no other way about it. You're going in head first into the pond. <laughs> oh, 
And so I have many awesome pictures of participants going up and over the barrels and then nothing but their feet sticking up out of the water as they splash down in and all their friends and family laughing behind them and just having a great time as they go over and under and over and under. That is definitely one of the biggest favorites of people that go out on our course. Uh, the other really big favorite that I could think of right offhand, I mean, we have a few that people really enjoy, but the two biggest ones is the over-under barrels, and then we put up a rope swing a couple of years ago. And this isn't just a little rope swing. It's not a, you know, swing 10 feet and, and you're done. This rope swing goes across one of our ponds, and the pond is about 40 feet across. And so you get up on this platform on one side, and it's about 15 feet down to the water. And you have a hold of this rope, and you got to swing across, you know, so you're going to drop down 15 feet, swing across, come back up 15 feet to the other side, and land on the other bankment. And you're standing there. This, this is a very tricky, like, obstacle for, like, you, you walk up and you think, oh, rope swing. This is going to be fun. I got this. And then you climb up onto that platform and you look down, it's 15 feet down, you're holding a rope and you're supposed to jump. It's like jumping off of, you know, a, a small cliff jump. And people, it yeah. really freaks them out. It's, it's part of that mental game, you know, that you do in OCRs. And that's one of our biggest mental games at Renegade Rage is tipping yourself off of that platform and swinging across that pond, coming down, swinging hard and then coming back up. You know, the mental game of letting yourself go and then the strength and the grip of holding on to that rope as you hit bottom and, and that centrifugal force pulling you down and then coming back up to the top and landing it. Um, people awesome. absolutely love that one. And we have a, a, like a family heat that where we let kids eight and up run our course and they get to go across that rope swing. And um, the kids just absolutely love it. They love going across that thing and they <laughs> nail it more much more than adults do, you know, because kids just have that that lighter body weight and the, the grip strength from going across monkey bars on the playground or and and they get across that rope swing and they just they nail it all the time. It's really fun to watch. That is awesome. Yeah, and I think kids also have like this innate ability to just, you know, face fear. I mean they're fearless basically. You know, I say that about my daughter all the time and, you know, my parents said it about me and I think, you know, getting up there as an adult Especially as you get older, you're just like, oh man, you know, what if I don't make this? Am I gonna, am I gonna get injured? Or, you know, and and that's a big thing I think with, um, like with myself, I'm not really necessarily afraid of heights. I'm just afraid of the result of falling from that height. Right. Um, you sure. Know, and so it, to me, it's it's really intimidating. And and of course, I'm gonna second guess myself, even if it is 15 feet. Kids, you know, they're just they're resilient. You know, they could fall down and just get right back up and you know, dust themselves off and say, all right, let's keep going, or I want to do it again, or, you know, I want to do it until I until I complete it. Yeah, the kids out there are so much fun to watch because, you know, there was this one year that we put this new obstacle in, and the kid, it was on the kids' course, and I was like, boy, you know, I don't know about this. I think this is too tall for the kids. So when the kids come through, we're just going to divert them around. We're going to say, kids, you guys go around this obstacle. You're not doing this one. It's just it's too tall for you. And so... Yeah. They set the kids out 
and the kids are coming running and they're just running at you in this big mob. And I'm standing in front of the obstacle getting ready to divert them, right? Like, kids, go around, go around. And they just come up to me and they like go right around me and come right back together as a swarm and they go up and over the obstacle and they hit the ground and they start running again. And I was standing there with my mouth open going, oh, uh, well, okay then. <laughs> They killed it, and it, it was yeah. so much fun to watch them. You know, without getting too much into it, I just I know that there's a lot of things nowadays that kids are so distracted by, whether it you know be TV or video mm -hmm. games, and a lot of them just kind of veg out on the couch. And you know, I was guilty of that as a as a kid and a teenager. And I'm kind of you know now I'm wishing like I had gotten out and you know been more physical. I mean. Um, mm -hmm. Obviously, I did play football a little bit in high school, um, but I mean, other than that, there really wasn't too much um, physically for me going on just because I was one of those couch potatoes, and here I am, you know, now I'm wondering why I never got into, you know, being fit and all that, and I got to this point to where I was just like, you know, I'm really sick and tired of being as heavy as I am. I It got to the point to where I was just like, I can't tie my shoe without, you know, being short of breath. And it was so uh -huh. annoying to me, and it, it and it really it really drove the point home that I needed to get into um, a better shape than round. You know, I've I've lost I think over the past two years. I wouldn't even say it's mostly my doing. I I credit my wife with this because she started cooking healthier for us, and then she really pushed me to work out a little bit harder. Um, she was actually the one that kind of encouraged me to get into OCR. Mm -hmm. And so that sounds like um, me and my husband. Mm -hmm. And so um, I credit most of it to her. And so over the past two years, I lost a total of 80 pounds. And then congratulations, that's recently, awesome. <laughs> thank you very much. Um, and then I just recently put about 15 of that back on because we got married um, two months ago. And there's a lot of partying involved and stuff like that. <laughs> so yeah. Um, but yeah, now I'm now I'm really kicking myself in the you know in the rear end because now that's going to be another you know 10 or 15 pounds that I have to work off to get back where I was. Yeah, so. absolutely. I hear you in that. It comes off so slowly. It goes on so quickly. And um, oh, yeah. you know, we, that that was one of the things that we really wanted to bring families out onto Renegade because you know how many events are there? How many fitness events are there where they let kids? and parents do the fitness event together. Usually, you know, a lot of times you have to separate because of ages or whatever, you know, to, to make it fair for, yeah. you know, a bunch of eight-year-olds working um, for something versus a bunch of 16-year-olds. But we just, we wanted to, like, when I first started OCR, I really wanted to take my kids. And the Spartans, you know, you had to be 16 and up. And my kids were like 12. Yeah. And then they dropped the age to 14 and up. But then my, my kids were just turning, my oldest was turning 14. And so by the time my younger kids got up there, we had Renegade going. And I knew from the very beginning that we wanted to get families out on our course. And we were, as far as I know it, we were one of the first courses that let eight and up come out onto the course and be out there with their parents. And we encouraged the parents to do it with their kids and just, Go out and have a good time and run in the mud and show your kids what you can do and sh let your kids show you how to do some of the things that you can't do anymore. Like you said, I've never heard of another OCR event that allows anything under than 14 or any anyone under 14 
attending. And I, I know because, you know, there's such a big event and I know it's probably more of an insurance liability thing. Yeah. But I think in all that, they kind of, they kind of lose sight of what, you know, what it is to have the, like the family involvement, you know, I'm sure they've been doing like some of the kid events. Um, I saw this year in Snohomish when we did the, um, the Spartan Super at the equestrian center, they had uh, the kids race and that was kind of cool. Yeah. Um, Mm-hmm. But at the same time, you know, it wasn't really like, um, you know, the all-inclusive where it's the parents and the kids uh, running it together. Mm-hmm. And I, I think that really makes a huge difference. It's it's hard to get kids out of the house these days, you know. Um, you know, I don't know if you have that problem or not, but... Um, <laughs> I, I do a little <laughs> bit. I do, know. I do a little bit. And that's one of the things I like about um, building Renegade on our farm is that my kids come out and... I make them help me. And so some days that, you know, we're like, hey, let's go burn the weeds off of this area of obstacle. And they're excited to do that because it's fire. But some days, you know, it's like, <laughs> let's go out. We're going to, we're going to, we're going to, we have to mow the weeds, you know, and they're just like, oh, we don't want to go do that. And, you know, it's like, well, come on. It's, it's what we do as a family. And we've been building that course as a family for a long time now. That's awesome. And see, that's, and that's another thing too. You know, you've, there's so much sentimental value in, the course itself because you know you're you're not only you but your family is putting in you know the you know the basically the blood the sweat the tears into creating this ocr venue um and oh, event for sure that, you know and that's i think that makes it a lot more a lot more inspiring a lot more special um you know to involve parents and kids um and you know in the general public mm-hmm. that's actually really cool um wish I had the land to do that. And I, I, I want land just so I can build a go-kart track. And, <laughs> <laughs> right. And, we and, we do know, that on our farm then, too. <laughs> we do a lot of stuff out awesome. there. Um, my husband has a huge family and um, his parents broke the land in from sagebrush into farming. And they, when they sold us the farm, they said, you know, we want you to know that this farm may belong to you, but in spirit, we want you to remember that it belongs to this entire family. And so we've always taken that as part of our motto on our farm. And we, we hold huge events out on our farm. We have a, a, we used to have a money Easter egg hunt for all the grandchildren. There's like 25, 26 grandchildren. We'd have a huge Easter egg hunt. Um, and then we used to have, we'd call them track days where we built a track out on one of the corners and everybody would bring an ATV or a motorcycle or an old truck they wanted to drive out on the course. And we would just spend an entire weekend driving all over the, all over that course and just kicking it up and having a really good time. You know, we are just, like I said, we're doers and if we're going to play hard, we're going to work hard and play hard. So we do it all as much as we can out there. That is really cool. Yeah, see, and and one of these days maybe you know I'll have the uh, I'll have the means. It's definitely something I'm striving for, or something I'm working for, and it's you know I wouldn't say that it's in the works, but the plans are there, um, you know, to be able to you know have my own land and and be able to do things like that. Because I mean, I I guarantee you if I had land to build on, I would be building obstacles and I would be training and practicing right. and. You know, and I think it would, you know, and I think that kind of makes it really cool too. You know, like I'm sure that your, that your kids, their, their friends are probably, um, probably like, oh, that's really cool. You guys have all this stuff out on your land, you know, let's go play on it and 
Well, I don't know. If we they just do did, now, actually. But... My 13 year old just turned 14, and yesterday we had all of his friends out on Renegade, and we went out to, we have a 300 foot slide. And so we turned the slide on, and they were out there for three hours going up and down the slide all day long, just having a great time <laughs> in the sun. Yeah, they that thought they awesome. were in heaven, man. Yeah, it was it was fun to watch them. I'd last about 30 minutes. I'm I'm a redhead, so I burn very easily. Mm, um, mm-hmm. I'd get a, I'd so get you're about you're having to just in that sun. Yeah, so you have to wear long sleeves and long pants. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, you know, unless I've got like copious amounts of sunblock on, then I'm I'm good. I always make this joke that there should be SPF 2000. It should just be a solid block of sunblock, almost like a big stick of well, butter. There's been times where I've used almost a whole bottle just on myself, like a decent sized mm-hmm. container of sunblock because I get burned so easily. Like I said, I, you know, there's been times where, you know, I've been out at the lake and I'm out there for an hour and I come home and I'm like a lobster. Like I'm just so mm-hmm. red and I feel like I've just been boiled to death. Do you like tacos? Yes! Do you like having fun? Yes! Do you like to have tacos while having fun? Yes! Can you walk or run a mile? Yes! Good news! Beast OCR Annual Taco Mile is back and happening now through the month of August. It's a virtual challenge that you can do anywhere. All you need is a place to safely walk or run and four tacos. Add in some friends and you have yourself an excellent super fun time. For more information, head on over to BeastChallenge.com and the Beast OCR Facebook group. That's BeastChallenge.com. Beast OCR! Takamaya! Sign up today! Tell me a little bit about these uh, these toughest mutters. Like, I've seen the regular tough mutters, but I've never actually mm-hmm. looked enough into them for, like, the toughest mutter. Like, what all does that entail? Ooh, okay, so the toughest mutter, well, the world's toughest mutter. So they've got world's toughest mutter now, which is 24 hours. Then they've got the toughest mutter, which is eight hours. And then they have tough mutter, you know, which is your regular 10-mile tough mutter. And then they have the half, and then they have the kits, which they call the loopy or something, fruit loops or something Mm -hmm. like that. So the world's toughest mutter is uh, 24 hours. They put you on a course. It's, uh, some years it's been 10-mile course, but lately they've been doing five-mile courses. And it's a five-mile obstacle course that you go around as many times as you can in a 24-hour period. Oh. And okay. what, they, what Tough Mudder does is they use it as their premier event for any new obstacles that they're coming out with that year that they're going to put out on their courses for the year. So people that go to World Toughest Mudder not only do you get to go out there for 24 hours, but you get to see all the new stuff that they're coming out with. And That's they awesome. also have a huge 40-foot cliff jump, which uh, is my nemesis. It's absolutely my nemesis. If I never have to jump off of another cliff again in my life, I will be so happy. <laughs> it's not my cup of tea. <laughs> Whew. Yeah, and, I, was, uh, uh, I was looking yeah. at the obstacles that they were putting out for this year's Tough Mudder because um, mm-hmm. myself, Don, and Mike are actually doing that one um, soon. We, uh, I was looking at some of the obstacles on there, and they had um, 
an obstacle where they had all the like the shipping connexes um, stacked up one on each. And I yep. think it was like four, four high. Four, and yeah, that's probably that the jump. Like, uh-huh. Yeah, and I, I saw that and I said, nope. So where did you see that at? Um, I, that was actually, it was on a post in our Beast OCR group mm. on Facebook. Okay. And they so somebody had posted was... the obstacles for this year, I guess. Okay. Well, may, I mean, maybe they're going to do that, but I bet that that was one that they're going to keep exclusively at World Toughest Mudder. I don't know, but, I mean, a 40-foot okay. cliff jump seems kind of extreme <laughs> for people that are just going to run a regular Tough Mudder. So I don't, I don't yeah. know. But the only place I've seen that is at Worlds. And it's, you know, I wear, okay. we wear a wetsuit because it's very cold at night. So a couple of years they did it in Las Vegas. A couple of years they've done it in Atlanta. Those are the two that I, I've gone three times. So I went twice in Vegas and once in Atlanta. And it was very cold at night. So everybody wears wetsuits. So when you're jumping off that 40-foot cliff, you're wearing a wetsuit that kind of protects your body a little bit. And then it's also very buoyant. So you hit that water and it, that wetsuit pops you right back up to the top and you're able to swim out. So I just, I would be surprised if Tough Mudder put that in their regular events. Oh, okay. Yeah, because I mean, the way it looked at, um, the way it, I guess it was written out or something like that um, had said that they were, these were the obstacles for 2019. Mm-hmm. And so, I mean, it, it very well could be just in the world's toughest mudder and it just happened to be lumped in with all the other photographs, um, you know, of their other Yeah, obstacles. who knows? So, yeah, who knows? And, I mean, that's definitely, like I said, that's definitely one that intimidated the heck out of me. I was like, yeah, I don't know if I'm ever going to do that one, ever. <laughs> yeah. so. I've done it several times, and I tell you, what, if I do another World's Toughest Mutter, I'm going to do everything I can not to have to do that. Like at um, at the second Vegas Worlds that I did, there was um, a penalty obstacle. So instead of jumping off the cliff, you could go down. You had to go through a little canyon, and it was like an extra mile of running that you had to do for skipping the cliff jump. So at that one, I was like, wow, a mile is a lot, you know, and so I jumped. But at this point, I'm so done jumping off cliffs that I'm really, I think I'd really consider that extra mile. Mm -hmm. But Worlds is very intensive. Like you're training for that quite a bit, like you would a marathon. The first time I actually did a Worlds, I signed up three months before the events. I had really no training and I just jumped into training and I went and and I'm I'm proud of how I did. I did 40 miles in that 24 hours. But boy, when I was done, my body felt the lack of training. And so the second time I went, I went with a team and we really put the training in and we killed it, knocked out 50 miles. So the the training is really important, you know, just taking care of your body before any big endurance event, whether it be a marathon or a big OCR or any ultra or whatever it is that you're going to do, you know, just jumping into it, you're kind of asking to possibly really hurt your body. So I just always recommend that people don't do what I did, you know, get some training in and work your body up to that. All right. So tell me a little bit about what motivates you, you know, to get out there and and put all this on. Is it the community? Is it the camaraderie of the, you know, the OCR, all the people it brings in, you know, building these strong bonds with all these, you know, you get strangers and stuff that come out and do your events. 
Um, what is it that, that overall motivates you to do all this? Uh, everything that you just said really is, <laughs> I, I, it, it's all in a great big pot together. I mean, I really want to inspire people to just take care of their bodies and a little bit of fitness can go a long ways in making sure that you feel good as you age in life. And people that aren't doing it, you know, I just, I hurt for them when I see them at 50 and they come see me in the gym. I'm a personal trainer. And so they come see me and they say, you know, I've been sitting at a desk for the last 20 years. I hurt. And I just, I just want to say, oh, you know, just a little bit of fitness goes a long ways throughout your life. So camaraderie, yeah, absolutely. The camaraderie in building an OCR is amazing, and camaraderies while participating in an OCR is amazing. I mean, both right there. Uh, participating in OCRs, I have met a lot of people that I'm still friends with, you know, on Facebook, and, you know, you don't necessarily see them until you go to another OCR, and then you see them again, yeah. and you get to talk to them, and, you know, it's that community aspect of just like going to a small gym and always seeing the same people in the classes that you take. Um, that's yeah. I love OCRs for that, and I really like uh, Tough Mudder for that because Worlds has that kind of camaraderie. We have a big Facebook page where everybody gets on there and chats about the next world's toughest mutter. And so that's really a lot of fun. When building uh, an obstacle course race, the camaraderie has been really a, a big bonus because like I said, you know, my family's out there with me. My husband is a huge support. There's no way I could do it without him. You know, if he didn't support me pulling all these obstacles onto our farmland, using our farm equipment to put up obstacles, you know, working harvest around renegade rage at times when needed, you know, the things that he does to bend over backwards for me to be able to do renegade rage is really amazing. He's just a super great guy for that. And um, so he's a ton of help. My kids are a bunch of help. But also, you know, like I said, my husband has this huge family and so many of them, the nieces, nephews, and my in-laws and all these people come out and volunteer on the course to help me make it happen. And anybody that's run an OCR, you know, you know that those volunteers are vital. But to really get an appreciation of it, you've got to put on a huge event where you have to have volunteers because pulling yeah. volunteers in is not actually that easy. It takes a lot of effort to get people to realize that, hey, if you come volunteer for me for six hours, I'll give you a free race. And a, and a lot of people, you know, their time is valuable and they don't want to give up those six hours for a free race. They'd rather just buy the race. And so uh, the people that do come out and volunteer for us are people that end up staying friends. And they come back year after year. And over those years, we've gotten to know more and more people. And then as they come back year after year, they'll say, they'll call me up a couple weeks before. Hey, Renegade's coming up. Do you need any help setting up the course? Yes. Yes, absolutely, <laughs> I do. Um, and then anybody that ever calls, I try never to refuse anybody. And I never have refused anybody. I might forget that somebody called. But um I always tell them, yeah, come out. We're going to be setting up on this day and this day. And they just come out and they bring their lunch and they bring something to drink and we put up obstacles and uh, really build a team of people that has helped me through the years 
put on renegade rage. And without them, I wouldn't be able to make it happen. And so I always, always try to show genuine appreciation to my volunteers because they're so important. Yeah, that's awesome. You know, and I've, I've noticed over the years doing these that, uh, you know, there are some volunteers that, you know, I don't know how many times they've volunteered, but you can, sometimes you can always tell, like, I wouldn't say always, but sometimes you can tell when it's like a first time volunteer um, because sometimes they seem overwhelmed, you know, and, and um, you know, they don't necessarily know um, what exactly or how exactly they're supposed to be doing what. Um, and then, you know, you've got like your seasoned volunteers that come out and, you know, you, I've seen quite a few volunteers that I recognize from, from multiple races and, you know, I'll see them mm-hmm. and I'm like, Hey, you know, good, good to see you again, you know? And, and I think that's really an integral part, um, you know, in the uh, OCR community itself is just having, like you said, having those volunteers, because, you know, if you didn't, you'd just be doing it yourself. And, you know, I imagine it would be, it's already very um, labor intensive, um, but having to do it solely by yourself or even just with your family, it would have to be, it would get very tiring, I, w- I would imagine. And I'm sure it probably already is, even with volunteers. But, you know, yeah, that's, it, it is. Go ahead. No, as I say, it is. It is exhausting. And after every renegade, we always take a step back and go, whew, that was a lot of work for one morning. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Because everybody comes out at 8 a.m. and they're done with the course by 1 o'clock. And then we're cleaning up again. And and we worked all summer for this. Yeah, and that's and that's another thing that um, that we've been myself and um, Mike and Don, um, we've talked about kind of branching out and and getting in touch with some of these other local um, OCRs around the Pacific Northwest, you know, and and kind of getting the word out there because you know the more your the more your product and the more your name gets out there, the more people know about it, and you know. Um, you know, the more attendees uh, appear or the more people attend the races, you know, possibly more volunteers. Um, and that's mm-hmm. one thing that I've I've actually been thinking about doing um, a lot in the coming years is volunteering a lot of my time, not necessarily so much for the free races, um, but I know that a lot of time and preparation goes into these things. And I've always considered myself kind of a team player. So, you know, getting in and kind of helping out you know, gives you a um, a much better appreciation for what it is that people are doing. So I, you know, yeah. I find it very important to kind of stress the volunteer thing. You know, like I said, you see some people that get out there and it's their first time volunteering and they kind of get overwhelmed. And then, you know, like I said, you see the repeat volunteers, um, you know, they're the returning volunteers and they absolutely love, you know, what they're doing because, they build this because it's uh, fun. You know, basically, like a yeah, it's fun, and they build this like skill set for motivating racers, even when they're not currently racing. Yeah. Oh gosh, I love to volunteer at races. I think it's so much fun, and I think that you're absolutely right. A seasoned volunteer versus uh, a first timer volunteer. You know, those seasoned volunteers, I can put out on my course anywhere. I'd be like, I need you at that obstacle, and they know exactly where to go. They know what the obstacle is. They know what to do. And that first-time volunteer, you know, I have um, a sheet written up with instructions for every obstacle on my course. And so when I get a first-time volunteer, I can hand them that sheet and say, okay, here's what you need to know because I'm going to tell them 
what they need to know, but they're going to forget half of it because it's their first time and they don't know. So <laughs> I've just found that one night I sat down and I wrote out one for every obstacle. I have about 30 obstacles on my course. So it took a long time, but I got them all written out. And uh, I just hand those to those first-time volunteers because it just, I found that to be extremely beneficial in helping them understand what they are to be doing out there. I've said it for a long time and um, I continue to say it. Anytime uh, I do like a post um, about OCR or anytime we go out to the races, even if it's not doing a post, um, you know, we make an effort to, you know, thank the volunteers, you know, we, any volunteers that we see out there handing out water, um, you know, any of them that are standing by the obstacles, you know, giving support, any of them that are just, you know, say they're at the merch table or they're at the t-shirt table handing out medals and t-shirts, you know, any one of them, it doesn't matter their role. You know, we try to, you know, we try to extend our thanks and say, hey, look, you know, thank you so much for volunteering. Thank you for giving us your hard-earned time to coming out here and giving back to us so that we can do this. And we appreciate the fact that you come out here and you give it to us on these, you know, whether it be beautiful days, rainy days. I especially love the faces of the volunteers on rainy days. Those are the ones that get me the most because they're out there and you're just, they, they look so And they're still smiling. But, can, but they are. And you could just see, like, sometimes you can see the, like, the distress in some of their eyes. Like, why did I volunteer for this? Um, <laughs> but you know it comes down to the love you know the love of the community the love of uh, the sport of doing OCR and you know I I can tell you I've been through some really nasty cold races volunteering oh, yes. so have is, I. and volunteering to me I don't think is going to be any worse than that so yeah OCR is you know they have this amazing community and camaraderie that just hooks you in. Like, I mean, the, the race, the challenge of the race is one thing that hooks you in as it is, but then that community and the camaraderie about the people that you meet. And I think what I really love about OCRs is that in this, this mission to inspire people to take care of their bodies by just doing some fitness, anything, um, is that in OCRs, anyone can go do it and feel like a rock star after because we can all at least crawl over a net or crawl through some mud, have a great time and come out going, wow, that was fun and I'm a rock star because, you know, even if I only got three rungs on the monkey bar, hey, I got three rungs on the monkey bar and I haven't done that since I was eight, you know? Seeing people go over obstacles and finish an OCR who never thought that they could do it is one of my favorite things about putting on Renegade Rage because, you know, when they cross the finish line, like I said, you feel absolutely amazing and you're on this high for a good week afterwards. And they realize that they can do more than they thought possible. And I love to see people getting that passion for OCRs. Like they get done with Renegade Rage and they're just the biggest smile on their face. And I can't believe I did it, you know. And <laughs> one of my favorite things is to go out on the course um, during Renegade. And that's extremely difficult for me to do because, you know, as the organizer of the event, you're in the central hub area and you're taking care of all the fires that are, you know, need to be put out. And so every yeah. year I try to get out on the course for at least 30 minutes and we drive through really quick 
and I get to see people struggling uh, to, to like go over the top of an obstacle and you see all their friends and family are right there helping them over it and encouraging them and talking them through their fear of being up on the wall or jumping on the rope swing and going across or you know trying to get across the rings or the balance beams that we have over the ponds and those bonds that are created are so strong and long lasting i absolutely love watching that part of renegade rage yeah and that's one of the things too like you said the um the bonds that you know that it creates so yeah my first ocr was a warrior dash rest in peace warrior dash um, oh, right. They, mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> they, um, they put on one in, I think this one was in Seattle, um, but we went to this one and it was my brother-in-law, uh, my wife, uh, we weren't married at the time. And this was actually, like I said, the one that she had kind of encouraged me to go to and her brother was kind of pushing me to do the same. And there was an obstacle there that I just, I did not want to do. And it was, it's not an A-frame, but it almost like had the shape of, it was like a barn-shaped type, you know, and you climb up the side of it and then you have to walk over the top and it's all just, it's a, it wasn't balance beams, but you had to step from one beam to the next. And, um, you know, you could see all the way down to the ground. I think it was like 20, 20 feet maybe. Yeah, I remember feet. this obstacle. Yes, I remember this one. And, um, <laughs> yeah, and I, I was just like, no, I don't really want to do that. But as I got up to it, I said, you know, this, this was something that, you know, I did because I, I do like to challenge myself. I do like to do things that, you know, you don't normally do on a regular basis. So in approaching that obstacle, I thought, okay, here we go. This is, you know, what if I fall off? And all of that went out the window the second I hit the obstacle. The second I touched that obstacle, that all went out of my head, and it became, I'm going to do this. I'm going to get over this obstacle. I'm going to crush it. And when I get done with it, I'm going to feel great. And sure enough, I got up on top of that thing, and sure, it looked, you know, it looked really high to me. Sure, standing down on the side of it, it really doesn't look that high. But when you get up there, eh. Um, uh huh. <laughs> so getting across the obstacle was probably the hardest part for me was just, you know, seeing the area underneath me, the um, the ground all the way through the, the planks and stuff. But once I got to the other side and got down, I thought, insanely enough, I kind of want to go back and do that obstacle again. So, um, you know, and after that, you know, like you said, you, you, you get this uplifting feeling. It's, it's almost like a runner's high. Um, and it's just, to me, I get so caught up in that feeling and I get, it's almost like an addiction to that feeling. You know, you, you just yes. want to keep feeling that and you just want to keep going. And I can totally see how that makes these long lasting impressions on people. And, and it did, and it had uh, a very long lasting one on me. The, the second we got done with that race, I was like, all right, when's my next one? When are we doing this again? Yes. Um, it's like a gym addiction. You just <laughs> keep going back. Like what you hear? Make sure and subscribe and review us on your favorite podcast platform. Be sure to find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. If you're using YouTube, please click the little red subscribe icon, then click the little bell for notifications of future episodes. And if you could, give us a thumbs up. All right, so what would you say to others that are on the fence about maybe trying out OCR or any of your events? I would say to do a little bit of training, do a little bit of uh, a little bit of running, do some shoulder work, you know, hang from a bar a little bit, 
test out the monkey bars at a playground, and then just go do it. Don't let yourself get intimidated by it at all because I always tell people for Renegade, you can go all around any obstacle you don't want to attempt or if you attempt it and you don't get over it, you know, it's not the elite heat. You know, you're not going to get penalized for it. We're going to say, hey, good job. Thanks for trying. Do you want to try again or, or are you going to move on to the next thing? You know, nobody's sitting there going, oh, you didn't make it across. You're terrible. You know, nobody's saying that. People on these courses are so encouraging. And if you can't do it yourself, there's always somebody there that wants to give you a hand and help you do it because somebody gave them a hand once before and they want to pass that on. So I say absolutely go do it. Don't get intimidated by it because it's so much fun to do. And you'll find out that you you can do way more than you thought you could. Oh, yeah, definitely. And, you know, and that's one of the things that I, um, you know, that Mike touches on quite a bit too. Um, and I think that goes back to the whole community or, uh, yeah, the community um, and camaraderie thing is that, you know, you're not doing these races alone. You're always going to meet somebody on the course that, you know, that wants to help you overcome that obstacle. Um, I know we just did the terrain race up in um up in monroe you know we got to like a i think it was like a seven foot wall but you know we approach this wall and i'm i'm a little bit in front of my team and i get to the wall by myself and um you know and there's this guy that had already cleared the wall but he came back around because he saw there were people struggling to even just yes you know attempt getting on the wall and you know here he is like hey do you need help brother or hey um, you know, you can step up here on my leg or on my shoulder, you know, does anybody need help over? And so, you know, in doing that, you know, you're always going to find somebody at these races that wants to help complete and total stranger. You know, it, it doesn't matter. These people are there. It's, it's just a huge family. It's like the cousin that you never, you knew that you had at the family <laughs> yeah. reunion, you know, you just, you, everybody gets together. And, you know, it's just one big muddy, rainy party where everybody's just doing a bunch of physical fitness and jumping over obstacles and stuff. And I agree. So, mm-hmm. yeah. And so that was, you know, that was actually kind of a cool thing for me, um, you know, learning over the years was that I think the first couple of uh, months that I had been doing these things, you know, I was like, oh, no, I, I'm going to just I'll try it myself. I'm going to, you know. Uh, I appreciate it, but no, I'll, I'll do it myself. And um, I wanted to do these things myself, but that's a part of me that I had to basically like get rid of and say, you know, look, there's going to be times I need help to get over these obstacles. And that's the beautiful thing about this community is that there's always going to be somebody there. You know, it doesn't matter if they're not the same height uh, you know, you could tower over them by two or three feet and, you know, you could be struggling with an obstacle and it doesn't matter that you're, you know, way heavier than they are or way lighter than they are. They're still going to offer you that help and they're still going to want you to accomplish that obstacle just like everyone else. And that's and the know, one thing that I truly love about this this stuff. Yeah. And uh, you know what I've found also is I have not come across an OCR elite who isn't willing to take a moment and help somebody else over an obstacle. 
Um, you may not see it so much in the sprints or the supers or maybe even the beasts because those elites are so far ahead of everybody. But when we're out at World's Toughest Mudder, you see those elites on the course with you because they're laughing you. <laughs> you know, those guys <laughs> yeah. are doing a hundred miles to my 50. So for every lap, they lap me once. Yeah. And so you see them out there and they're good, kind people and they stop and they help people over and they can't take the time to help 10 people over, but they'll get help over an obstacle and then they'll turn around and they'll reach down and help the guy behind them and maybe the guy behind that. And then they, you know, they need to move on. So then they move on. But, you know, it's really speaks to the quality of the people that they take that time to turn around, reach down to the next person to help them out. Taylor Overmiller showed up at Renegade Rage this year, and I was super excited about it. And I was just thinking, as I was talking about elites, I was thinking of him. He's just such a nice, humble, great guy. He came through and blasted our course and did such a great job. And he was just so humble about it, so nice. He gave us a great review, which I really appreciated from him. And we just really enjoyed having him out there because he's just a good, solid, all-around athlete. Or like we had talked about earlier, that's really important to the community and having your OCR out there and getting your name out there that you have um, these, you know, these notable figures come out to your event and actually run it, give you a great review, and it helps get your name out there so that other people know about it too. And, you know, hopefully, yes. you know, and hopefully that brings in a lot more attendees, even just spectators, because you know, this year's spectator could be next year's attendee. You know, they just come out to watch, and then all of a sudden they're like, oh, man, I really kind of want to do this. Because who knows, they could have been completely and totally unaware of the OCR scene, and then they go out just to kind of observe, you know, one of their friends doing it, and then next thing you know, they're out doing it too. Right, or they're completely intimidated by it. And they decide, hey, I'm just going to go watch and see. And then they see other people that are in the same physical shape as them, and they're like, oh, I can do this too. Yeah, that's exactly right because, you know, that's the way I felt too. I kind of – I did a little bit of looking online like, oh, you know, uh, sure. And then I, it, it really didn't matter until I went out to that first race. And after the first mm-hmm. race, <laughs> I was hooked. And That was and that's, it, right? Know, and it, that it really was is. It. It's, yeah, definitely. That was it. It's it's a very um, it's very contagious, is what it is. Um, you know, you see the energy, you see the accomplishment, the pride that people take in the fact that they've just done something that they don't normally do, something that pushed them outside of their comfort zone, something that they can you know hold their head up high about. They can go to their friends and their family, and they can say, hey, check this out. You know, not to pat myself on the back, but you know, I just did this, and I feel really good come out with me next time we do it. I've got quite a few friends that have never done an OCR event. Um, I'm trying to get them to come up here. Um, I'm actually trying to get them to move up here, one of which is actually going to move up here pretty soon. But his his fiance, when I said, hey, I, wanna, I wanted to see if you wanted to do one of these events with me, she was all about it, not for her, but for him. She was like, yes, get him off of this couch, get him out there and doing something physical, please. I want him to get <laughs> off the couch. I honestly think he'll really like it. He's not one for getting dirty too much, but I think once he gets out there and, and actually gets in the thick of it, he'll absolutely love it. Because he, you know, he's like me. He likes to challenge himself. 
usually not in the physical department, but he likes to challenge himself. And um, I'm hoping that maybe I can get him out here. And if I can get him out here, maybe I can get some of our other friends out. And that, to me, it just it builds the community even even more. You know, maybe they'll make more friends and meet new people. And before you know it, you know, thousands of people that do this. And then, you know, we have a team, you know, we all register and we have like a thousand person team. That'd be great. Well, but I yeah, would it's, like it's, to it's, get on your team. I think that would be a lot of fun. I like to just go out. I compete. <laughs> I've competed before, but, you know, the competing is fun, but then always I go back and I run the race just for the fun of it with friends, and I would love to run with you guys. I think that would be a lot of fun. Our thing is, like, no matter what, we like to have fun. So to us, it's about pushing ourselves, supporting each other. Um, you know, mm -hmm. we don't necessarily have to be in a competitive wave. Like, for us, we like the open wave because we can take our time we can kind of sit back and size up an obstacle and kind of gauge how we're going to go about navigating certain obstacles. We can stick together, support each other, build each other up. A lot of the time we find ourselves, I wouldn't say necessarily bringing up the rear, but we're not necessarily so concerned about personal records. Um, you know, we're out there for the love of it, for the love of actually doing this. And our thing is we challenge ourselves. And I think every race we try to push ourselves a little bit more. This past race at Terrain was my first time on multi-rig. And I was kind of, you know, it's not really a high thing. For me, it's the shimmying yourself up a pole kind of at an odd angle. And for me, climbing has never been, it's never been my thing um, since about uh -huh. age 12. And so, <laughs> you know, when I was a kid, I could climb all day long, but now, nah, not so much. But, you know, multi-rig, that was my first time on it. And I was like, you know what, I'm going to, I'm going to try this. And my brother-in-law was right there with me. You know, he was like kind of trying to give me pointers and stuff. Um, sadly, I got a thigh cramp like right in the middle of it. And I said, nope, I'm done with this one. So... Our thing is we we like to hang out together and do it at each other's pace. Yes. We're not so much concerned with getting a personal record time. We want to have fun. We want to finish. We want to get out there and push ourselves, but we don't want to leave each other in the dust and say, oh, hey, you know, I'm just going to run ahead, you know, three miles. Um, I'll see you when I see you. Yeah. Because, yeah. you know, we we know that we're each other's support. We're each other's backbone. We are going to be the ones that get each other through this. And so to well, us, to it's me, not about how fast point. we do it. It's just about doing it. Yeah. Well, yeah, to me, that's the point of being on a team. You know, I used to compete before it got really competitive, and I would place, you know, top 20, <laughs> and I was pretty proud of that. And then all of a sudden, I went to a Spartan one day, and, you know, it's a competitive heat, and what's this age group thing they got going on, and wow, where'd all these women come from? And I ran the competitive heat, and they dusted me. And ever since then, I was like, <laughs> well, you have to put in the work to really compete, or I'm just going to take a step back and just really enjoy my time out here. And I'm not a fast runner. It's not my forte. And so I just go now to take my time and have fun, meet people, have a good time. Like the worlds that I went to, you know, this last time I went, I didn't go to try to break any records or anything. I just went to really slow down and enjoy the people that I met on the course. And um, I, I really enjoyed myself doing that. To kind of touch back on that, um, 
in last week's episode, I had talked with Lorenzo, and he was saying that had he not slowed down at one section of his race, he would have missed the view that he had from his location. I think that's another part of it, too. Some of these locations that you um, that you go to these events, they have them, you know, obviously in Hawaii, everything is going to be scenic. But, you know, you go to Montana or Tahoe or Utah, the views that you get during some of these events are just completely and totally indescribable. You can't describe them. You just have to see them. You have to be there to witness it. Otherwise, you just, you won't understand. And like you said, you get into this competitive mindset that all you see, it's like, it's like tunnel vision. You just see the next person in front of you and you just want to yeah. pass them. And That's you, right. know, you just you want to be <laughs> so competitive and you get this tunnel vision that you forget to take in the outside world and experience the event for what it actually is. I mean, sure, yeah, you know, there's the competitive events, but that's why I like to run the open waves because I get to take in that scenery. I get to take in the environment yeah. and what's going on around me. And I and get learn to, to appreciate the people that you're with. Out. Yeah. Exactly. Awesome. Well, do you have any shout outs or anything that you'd like to put out there? Um, I don't have uh, a whole lot of sponsors right now. I My one big sponsor is. Uh, right from the Tri-Cities, and it's on scene medical. They have come out and really taken a load off of my shoulders. They set up a big tent. They have paramedics there, EMTs. They have rescue rigs. They have the works right there at our base camp. And if we have the unfortunate incident where somebody gets hurt, they're able to go right out and help the people out and bring them back to the base camp and take care of them. So on-scene medical has just been amazing for me. And without them, my stress level would be so, so much higher. So I always have to give them a shout out. Yeah, they've been great. And um, I just can't appreciate them enough. They've been really great partners in this. Well, that is awesome. So yeah, we're definitely trying to um, to branch out and get more into some of the local OCRs because you know everybody does the Spartan, everybody right. does Tough Mudder, um, you know up in Canada everybody does X Warrior, and that was kind of a big thing for us is we kind of wanted to focus a little bit more on local OCRs, getting people's names out, and actually attending these events, talking to race directors, participating in events with local OCRs, um, because we've got a lot of people that have started out with OCR, but then they branch off into other things like rucking, endurance events, uh, marathons. Mm -hmm. So our big focus now um, is going to be basically getting out, going to these local OCRs, putting the word out, and honestly, I look forward to attending the next Renegade Rage. Oh, thank you. I really appreciate that you guys are batting for the smaller companies here because uh, marketing is a big challenge for us. It's expensive to try to get your name out there, and it's just a struggle for the small guy. And so, you know, we try to build good, solid obstacles. We try to change it up every year, um, at least one new obstacle, if not two or three every year on our course. So from the little guy, thank you guys. We really appreciate you guys trying to put the name out there for us. Yes, you are definitely welcome. And like you had said, you, you try to change up your course. Like I've noticed over the past couple of races, um, I did the, the super and the sprint in Seattle and it was at the same location. And then I have the beast coming up in September, and that's also at the same venue. So 
you attend a lot of these um, big name races and they're always at the same venues and you, you know the terrain, you know the layout, you know what things you're going to encounter and they usually have like a similar, kind of like a similar setup. And, mm-hmm. you know, and that was, that was one of the big things for me. It was like, okay, yeah, I know I'm going to be doing the Beast in September, but I've been to the Equestrian Center in Snohomish. So I know what terrain, I know what not really obstacles, but I know like the layout, I know what things I'm going to encounter. Um, so for me, that it kind of lessens the challenge for me mentally because I already kind of know what to expect. And that's, that's a big thing that we like about the smaller OCRs is that they strive to change it up and make it different every single time. But that's one thing yeah. that we're, like I said, we're definitely focusing on is we really want to help get the smaller OCR names out, get more attendees to those, because we want to see a variety in OCR. You know, like I said, we do a lot of these big events, but we're very familiar with how they're laid out. And the smaller OCRs put on a different course each year, and they change up the obstacles, or, you know, they come up with some other obstacle that no one's ever thought of before, and you're just like, wow, that's completely and totally different from anything I've ever done. That's going to keep me coming back. The, the challenge yeah. and the, the variety. My husband built an obstacle this year that was one that I hadn't seen before. So it was a, it was a fun challenge to get up there and work this big giant wheel that he made. And it was fun to watch a lot of people get up there and try it that hadn't done something like that before. <laughs> we really enjoy, we really just, we're, our little design team, you know, we get together and go, <laughs> guess what we're thinking about doing now. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that's awesome. See, I I could definitely see, um, you know, how one would take pleasure in finding an obstacle (laughs) that that definitely is different, you know. Um, Mm -hmm. I look at some of these obstacles sometimes and I think, man, how sadistic do you have to be to come up with something like this? And we're always watching, you know, you get ideas off of other things that you see. So my husband was looking at something just the other day we got an idea off of and I was talking to him about it and how we can change it to make it our own thing. And it's so much fun to think of ways that you can try and challenge people on the course. Because we really like to challenge everybody from the elite racer to the first timer. And we really want the elite racer to be challenged but also the first time to be able to go out there and attempt something and possibly even get across it without failing so that they can feel like a rock star also. All right. Well, Sandra, it has definitely been a pleasure to talk with you tonight. Like I said, I definitely look forward to attending the next Renegade Rage event. Oh, my gosh. You know. I look forward to having you guys <laughs> out there, Kyle. That'll be so awesome. Yes. It's uh, July 11th next year. Come July, yep, we I'm going to put this on the done. calendar. Yeah, July's open right now. Put it in. <laughs> yep, it is in my calendar. Boom. Boom. Got it. it well, thank you so much, Kyle, for, for chatting with year. me tonight. Of course. Thank you so much for being on BeastNet. And, uh, you know, Yeah, like thank I said, you, BeastNet. I, this we'll is pleasurable. Yes, and uh, we look forward to seeing you next year at next year's Renegade Rage. Great. Thanks. Thanks for listening to the BeastNet podcast. If you haven't done it yet, find us on Facebook. Like and share the podcast. Give us a review on iTunes or Spotify. All these things will help to expand the show in the future. This show is brought to you by James Safety Services in partnership with Beast OCR. Don't forget to subscribe and let us know what you think and what you like to hear. 
You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, or at beastocr.com.